Hello, it's Tax Credit Tuesday, and I'm Michael Novogratik. Today is Tuesday, July 14, 2009. This week, we have a lot of exciting developments to share. First, we have a summary of Treasury Department guidance for the Section 1602 Long Income Housing Tax Credit Exchange Program, as well as a summary of guidance for the Section 1603 Grant Exchange Program for Renewable Energy Investment Tax Credits. We will also update you on the status of proposed regulations for the New Market Tax Credit Program regarding the New Market Tax Credit Operating Income Redemption Safe Harbor, as well as targeted populations. And finally, we'll share information about the recent activities of the Novogratic LIHTC Working Group. Let's get started with the highly anticipated Section 1602 LIHTC Exchange Guidance. On July 9th, the Treasury Department published additional guidance for the Long-Term Housing Tax Credit Exchange Program under Section 1602 of the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act of 2009. The guidance was released as a set of frequently asked questions and answers. The Section 1602 Credit Exchange Program allows LIHTC allocating agencies to elect to exchange a portion of their unused allocation of long-term tax credits for direct cash assistance. The LIHTC allocating agency, in turn, uses the cash assistance to fund LIHTC-compliant rental housing. Treasury says the frequently asked questions and answers are presented to assist Section 1602 recipients to understand and comply with program requirements. The content is organized in the same order as the grantee terms and conditions previously released. The guidance released last week addresses numerous topics, including the application process, award eligibility, eligible projects, use of awarded funds, written agreements and disbursements to subawardees, asset management, compliance with the 2009 housing credit ceiling requirements, reporting, recapture, financial management, and finally, disallowance, suspension, and termination issues. You can access the guidance on our website, and I encourage affordable housing developers, allocators, and practitioners to review the guidance. I will, however, point out some interesting aspects of the guidance right now. The notice confirms that Section 1602 money can be used in connection with projects that also have an LIHTC allocation, and 1602 money can be used in connection with taxes and bond finance projects. The notice also confirms that Section 1602 funds cannot, that's right, cannot be used for a project that was completely placed in service before 2009. Section 1602 money can only be used as grants or as loans that for all practical purposes would be treated as grants for income tax purposes. Subawardees are not required to trace the use of the proceeds. That's a good fact. However, there is some confusion as to how to interpret the interaction of the answers to questions 4F and 4H. Question 4F says that Section 1602 money cannot be used to pay for land. And some fears that this answer means that Section 1602 money can only be used to fund eligible basis. This interpretation conflicts with the answer to question 4H, which includes a calculation of a limitation that implies that the maximum Section 1602 award can actually exceed eligible basis. In informal communication with the IRS, it appears that the limitation on the use of Section 1602 proceeds to pay for land costs may have been an oversight. We're waiting for and expecting to see clarified guidance from the IRS regarding the answer to that question. Lastly, the guidance has an all-or-nothing recapture rule. Some have argued for a partial recapture rule, including the LIHTC Working Group, but the IRS chose to have one all-or-nothing rule. In the guidance released last week, the Treasury Department did indicate that there will be additional questions and answers released in the future, including guidance on returning unused award funds. 
In a related announcement the following day, July 10th, Treasury announced an additional $486 million in funding through the exchange program to the following LIHDC allocating agencies. Alabama, Arkansas, Connecticut, Georgia, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Montana, New Hampshire, New Mexico, the Virgin Islands, and Vermont. This is the fourth announcement of exchange program funding to date. The Treasury Department says it anticipates making similar announcements in the coming weeks. To date, over $1.2 billion, that's right, over $1.2 billion has been awarded to 25 LIHDC allocating agencies. This $1.2 billion of financing should provide a nice funding boost for affordable housing production for the balance of this year. As always, Novigrad and Company will monitor the situation and continue to alert the LHTC industry in updates on our website, www.taxcredithousing.com, by email through our industry alert email service, which is free, and in our Journal of Tax Credit Housing. If you have questions about the guidance provided in the questions and answers or other aspects of the LHTC exchange program, please email us at cpas at novacode.com. Let's shift gears a little and review the Renewable Energy Grant Program guidance that was released on July 9th. Last week, the Treasury Department released guidance for the Section 1603 program created by the American Recovery and Reinvestment Act to provide cash payments to owners of specified energy property in lieu of investment tax credits. Under the Section 1603 program, Treasury will make direct payments to companies that create and place in service renewable energy facilities beginning January 1, 2009. Previously, these companies were only eligible for an investment tax credit to help cover a portion of the renewable energy project's cost. Under the new program, applicants who agree to forego the investment tax credits can apply directly to the Treasury for a direct cash grant. In previous years, tax credits have been successful incentives for encouraging the development of renewable energy. The Treasury Department and Department of Energy report that in 2006, approximately $550 million in tax credits were provided to 450 businesses. However, the rate of new renewable energy installations has fallen since the economic and financial downturns began as projects have had a harder time obtaining financing. It's expected that the Section 1603 program will temporarily fill the gap created by the diminished investor demand for tax credits. In their announcement last week, the Departments of Treasury and Energy say they expect a fast acceleration of businesses applying for the energy funds in lieu of the tax credit. The information that the Treasury Department released last week includes the terms and conditions, program guidance, and a sample application. Unfortunately, grant applications are not currently being accepted. However, they have previously announced that they have received one application. The Treasury Department did, however, say that a web-based application will be launched in the coming weeks. The guidance document discusses the application procedures for the program, eligible applicants and properties, eligible basis rules, light lease property rules, recapture rules, and other miscellaneous provisions. I encourage our listeners to review the guidance, which can be found on our Renewable Energy website. Some interesting points. Cash grant applicants may submit, along with their request for a payment, a notice of assignment that assigns the payment to a third party. This should make it easier for developers to borrow against the future receipt of the cash grant. A Section 1603 payment with respect to specified energy property does not make the property subject to the requirements of the National Environmental Protection Act, known as NEPA, and similar laws. A 1603 payment does not make the property subject to the requirements of the Davis-Bacon Act. And most importantly, perhaps, the guidance clarifies that a Section 1603 payment is not generally includable in the gross income of the applicant. The basis of the property, however, is reduced by an amount equal to 50% of the payment. 
Our team of renewable energy experts are continuing to review the guidance on this Section 1603 program. If you have questions about the guidance or would like to find out how Nova Gratton Company can assist you in applying for the cash grants, please call us at 415-356-8000 or send us an email at cpas at novacode.com. Now, let's take a quick look at the status of the proposed new market tax credit regulations regarding targeted populations, as well as regulations as to the general amendments to the NMTC rules. As we first discussed in our podcast on January 20th, the IRS released proposed regulations in September 2008 to provide rules for the targeted populations provision of the NMTC program. As many listeners already know, the American Jobs Creation Act of 2004 amended the new market tax credit rules to provide that target populations may be treated as low-income communities for the purposes of the new market tax credit. In the proposed regulations published last year, the IRS provided some additional clarification and guidance, but there were still some areas where the new market tax credit community sees potential for improvement, improvements that will allow the NMTC program to better serve its intended purpose. In response to an invitation for comments, the NMTC Working Group submitted a comment letter, and in addition, I spoke at a public hearing on the proposed regulations on January 22nd earlier this year. The IRS also released proposed regulations last August regarding the operating income distribution safe harbor for partnership CDEs and regarding the reasonable expectations safe harbor. In response to an invitation for comments, the NMTC Working Group also submitted a comment letter, and I also spoke at a public hearing on those proposed regulations on December 12th last year. The final regulations for both sets of NMTC regulations were scheduled to be issued by June 30th of this year. At the time of this recording, however, the regulations had unfortunately not yet been released. The lack of final regulations means that some uncertainty remains for NMTC professionals who are structuring deals. This uncertainty can contribute to investor uneasiness, which can translate into higher transaction costs to mitigate any perceived risk. Grace Robertson from the IRS spoke at our Novogradic 8th Annual New Market Tax Credit Spring Conference last month in Washington, D.C., and she relayed the message from the IRS Chief Counsel on the timing of the regs. She said the IRS had hoped to have the regulations finalized before June 30th, but they didn't quite make it. Recovery Act guidance has been taking precedent. However, she said that the regulations are in the final stages, and the goal now is to have final regulations in place by the end of the calendar year. Moving on to our final topic for today, we have a quick brief update about the LIHTC Working Group. The LIHTC Working Group was created to give the industry a platform to work together to resolve technical and administrative LIHTC program issues. We held our monthly conference call last week. The group's current focus has been the housing tax credit provisions of the Recovery Act. The LIHTC Working Group submitted a comment letter in March addressing a number of items related to the Act, and we're currently drafting another letter specifically focused on the recapture provisions of the LIHTC Exchange Program. This is just one of many activities that the LHTC Working Group is engaged in right now. Our next call is scheduled for Wednesday, August 5th. If you'd like to learn more about joining the Working Group, you can do so online at www.lihtcworkinggroup.com. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's report. Please join us again next week for more of the latest news. This is Michael Novogratik, and I'll be back next Tuesday. Thanks for listening. (music) 